I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Welcome back to Keanu Believe It, the Talk Film Society podcast that is all Keanu Reeves all the time. I'm Sam Van Haren, assistant editor at TFS and a lifelong fan of the singular Keanu Reeves. I am your guide through his diverse and interesting career. Each week, a guest and I discuss a film from his filmography, which we've been working through in chronological order. Uh, on this episode, we'll be discussing Constantine. I'm happy to welcome back Alejandro Gonzalez to discuss the supernatural horror superhero hybrid. That's a lot of S words. Yeah. All right. Uh, how's it going, Allie? It's going so well. I'm so excited to talk about this. Uh, yeah, I was glad, want, dying to have you back on. Uh, I mean, it was great. Our Dracula episode was wonderful. Uh, talking with Matt, uh, but at the same time, that as good as as great as two people on one episode is, uh, sometimes it can be. There's just so much to talk about. There so was many, so much. So many opinions, and uh, <laughs> so I'm glad to just be one on one for this one. I'm excited, too. And I noticed as I was watching, I was like, wait a minute. He knows exactly what he's doing. He called me to be on the more horror-inclined Keanu movies. Of course. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, and this one, uh, this is one that I've loved for a long time. Uh, I am very excited to talk about it. I especially think, uh, given Keanu's, you know, recent renaissance. uh, I mean, I I believe he never really went through any super bad phases. But at the same time, (laughs) it's still... Now we're kind of at, you know, it's hard to deny that we're at a, it's been, it's better than ever pretty much right now. I agree. I agree. And it's only going to get better when John Wick 3 comes out, oh which God. I'm so yes. excited about. Uh, yeah, but it's, so it's, this is one I think, uh, I mean, in the film Twitter circles, I think it's more well regarded than the general reaction at the time of uh, the release was, but. I think it's still having a little bit of a resurgence, uh, which I'm very glad about. Uh, But had you seen this uh, before coming on this fine program? I had not seen this. So I need to kind of preface by saying that I had not seen this and I did not know that it was a comic book and, or like it was, it had source material rather. So before I know we're going to talk about the way things look in this movie, but as I was watching, I was like, this looks so comic booky." And then, you know, after doing research, I was like, that explains so much. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And that's one thing. Uh, and I remember people, this is, uh, it's a 2005 movie. I mean, it very much feels like that uh, in both, in mostly good ways. But then also, I think it's aged better than some of the other mid-2000s superhero movies like... Uh, it certainly aged better than Batman Begins, I think. Um, I, I mean, I, I like that movie, but it's got that look. There's just something about the... I think the look fits the material a little better in, in this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there is that, like, supernatural element 
that I don't think most of, I mean, I guess superheroes are supernatural in and of themselves, but you know what I mean. It's got that like horror element that makes the darkness and kind of like the over the top special effects appropriate. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's great. Like, uh, uh, there's one of the things that's missing from a lot of superhero movies these days is that we don't, I mean, there's obviously, uh, the Hellboy movies were the clo- this and like uh, in terms of uh, full on horror uh, elements in a superhero movie, which we don't get as much as I think we should. I mean, especially which is crazy because of considering this and like Blade, the Blade movies where uh, so this is one of it's like it is basically it's it's a superhero story set in a horror universe, and you know what? Really- like it's interesting because all of those movies came to mind while I was watching this because mm-hmm. aesthetically they look so similar. Especially Hellboy, which I know you are a huge fan of. Uh, yes. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit obsessed. Uh, but uh, I'm sure we will... Uh, it's another thing. Keanu, please be in a Guillermo del Toro movie. Because... <laughs> so that we can cover it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, so this movie, uh, I'm glad... I remember uh, at the time of release, it was pretty controversial especially amongst comic nerds uh because the character constantine is we won't get too much into this but is very british uh i mean he's uh that's very true to his character it's very important to his character and so when they cast uh keanu to play an american version it was very uh let's just say if twitter existed if twitter existed in its current form it would have been a nightmare uh to behold but at the same time i think (laughs) Keanu just does so good in this movie as he does. It's, I think it's honestly, the more I watch it, the more I think this is one of his best roles. And it's even though, yeah, he's not exactly the Constantine from the comics in terms of his Britishness, but in terms of the personality, he's just so good and so cool and kind of a dick. Uh, I, it's just, it's amazing. I, when I was reading up about the movie, I noticed that a bunch of people were, claiming that it was a bad Constantine movie or a bad Hellblazer movie, but it was a really good just movie on its own. Right. But, I, think, I mean, yeah. come on. That has to mean something. I think he did a great job, too. Again, I'm not familiar with the source material, but I do like his kind of, like, cynical... Not cynical, just apathy. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's he's just so apathetic at this point, and he does a really good job at playing that. And that's kind of why I told you I had a theory. It's not really a theory, but bring, it reminds bring on, me of... Bring on the crazy theory. Crazy no, is better. It's not really a theory. It wouldn't make sense if we really like went into it, but he reminded me a lot of John Wick, okay? And their names are both John. Can't be a coincidence. No, it... Okay, let's, let's make... Uh, we've made insane things canon before, so let's do it again. <laughs> uh, the... This is an alternate universe John Wick where he just... You know he's Constantine instead, and it's he's supernatural John Wick. Let's do it. Uh, also, I mean, if anyone ever says so, if anyone ever tells me that they need a John Wick movie with supernatural with horror elements, here it is. I'm thinking something went a little bonkers in the phone booth in Bill and Ted, and every character we've seen since them is just Keanu living a different like timeline. I can, because, I can swing it. Yep, right? It we're go- it. That's what we're going to go with. That's what we're going to go with. Because right. he happens to be wearing a suit, like, in The Matrix as well. Right. Come on. Uh, yeah, I mean, and his hair is always, you know, there's, like, three different uh, Keanu hairstyles. And so, depending on, you know, it's just... It makes whatever. sense. It makes sense. Right. We're going to run it with it. Sense. It works. <laughs> uh, let's uh, do a super cut of all the times that it's clear that it's 
same character, just in a different universe. Like <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, we might as well get into the plot of this movie a little bit. Uh, the uh, I like this opening a lot. Uh, it's creepy. It sets the tone really well. Uh, I mean, it's this... It's it's very... I, I always forget this is how it starts. Uh, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh yeah, this... Uh, it just starts with a guy in an abandoned building in Mexico and, oh, there's a Nazi flag. Uh, <laughs> a, spe- a spear covered in a Nazi flag. That's cool. I mean, and then he gets just destroyed by a car. Uh, or not destroyed, which is a really... Again, the there's just something about... Even when the effects don't hold up as well, there's just something about the way... Francis Lawrence shoots the whole thing and it just gives it this gritty kind of grimy feel to it that you know what it even kind of looks like something Guillermo del Toro would shoot because there was some definite like gothic elements that I noticed right uh, and the cinematographer uh, is a uh, award-winning cinematographer who did uh, who's also worked with Keanu before uh, on uh, dangerous liaison so it's kind of, uh, he's he's an, uh, yeah he's known for that kind of look. And so it's kind of interesting that they got him to do a, a big budget superhero movie. So I love the way this looks. I think it's one of my favorite things about it. Cause like I said, I, I love a good Gothic atmosphere mm-hmm. and I really got that here. Yeah. I it's love... very, very urban Gothic. Like the, yes, the, yes. the readiness of the apartments and everything is yeah, mm-hmm. very, it's got a great look for sure. And vibe. And, uh, and I think it's just what I, I think that's why I like it so much, especially compared to how, I mean, as much as I love superhero movies, the current, you know, where we are now, there's just something about the sameness of them, which is undeniable. And so seeing it back where they were trying riskier things back, you know, uh, it's good to see this. It's very much uh, a Francis Lawrence movie. It's very much uh, of its time. And it just feels unique, especially compared to the last 10, 15 years of superhero movies. That's kind of something I noticed about superhero movies also. Like, during the two, like early 2000s period, they all looked kind of different aesthetically, and now we don't really get as much of that, which is kind of sad because I really... I just like the way that they look. Right. Even even the bad ones, like, uh, you know, Daredevil, like, it's like, there's just something about that. It's, it is a bad movie, but, like, there's just something about it that it's you've never seen a mo- superhero movie like that since. And like the, every movie felt like Correct. and how different that felt from a movie like Hulk or from, uh, uh, Catwoman, which we will not speak of, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, each movie just felt so different. And this, so seeing that, uh, whenever I go back to this movie, I just always appreciate that. Me too, man. I really want to watch it again now. <laughs> like, it- yeah, especially this, op- uh, man, this opening scene, like, uh, Keanu's entrance is perfect, as usual. Uh, he's just so cool in this movie. I mean, the uh, honestly, if it weren't for, you know, The Matrix and John Wick, and I would think this is maybe my favorite uh, turn of his, just the way just the way he fills his clothes, the way he smokes is the coolest thing. Like, I'm not... I don't necessarily think smoking looks cool, but he makes it look cool. Yeah, <laughs> like his mannerisms are just so appropriate for the role, I feel like. Right. Uh, yeah, and this exorcism is really... This kind of fucked me up when I was a kid, when I first <laughs> saw it. Like, the... Uh, I mean, he's... Uh, With the really, Yeah, and it's really interesting the way it's... Uh, again, it's... Again, it's... it's He's a superhero, but it just happens to be that he commit, he performs exorcisms and uh, seances, and the way it's kind of like... Uh, 
he does it really like it's probably the coolest exorcism I've seen. Not necessarily the most uh, haunting, but in terms of just the way he does it, it's just so cool. I agree, and honestly, had I seen this as a younger kid, I would have been super like just devastated and scarred for the rest of my life. Well, I mean, there's a demon trying to crawl out of a little girl's throat. And so. it's so crazy though because it's like it's like daytime. It's like in broad day- daylight. Oh, it's not yeah, even like. Yeah, I'll always sing the praises of something being effectively creepy and scary in the daytime, and this is definitely one of those cases. Exactly. And I wonder, like, this was rated R, correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. I was thinking about this, and I was like, hmm, I don't think this would be rated R today, but I kept trying to find why they would give it that R rating, and I honestly feel like that first scene might be might have been one of the reasons. Yeah, and I think it's also just the MPAA is as gar- we won't again. I won't get into it too much, but it's a garbage institution. <laughs> but like they all, if there's if there's anything about demons, they're going to probably if it's not like uh, it's going to be probably rated R. Like they're just going to do. I mean, it's like yeah, but I agree. There are a lot of movies in the early two thousands that today would probably definitely not be rated R. I think maybe they say fuck enough in this that it would, but like. In terms of violence and like, there's no nudity whatsoever. There's even the violence is all horror. So I think yeah, today it would be it would barely be R for sure. Exactly. So I was like, okay, see, <laughs> this is this is a little out of hand, but whatever. You know, the times are a changing. I guess. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, so then now we see uh, Rachel Weiss comes in. I think she's great in this. I love I love Keanu and her together in a good movie they were in a one of my least favorite Keanu movies uh I mean even Chain Reaction they were in had so this is good to see them together in a actually enjoyable movie so uh and her as the dual role is really well done I think uh I mean she's uh her sister character is not in it very much but uh when she is Rachel Weisz is one of the best actors alive so of course she does a good job uh selling both characters She was absolutely captivating in this. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that I've seen every single one of her performances, so I don't really have many to compare Mm -hmm. to, but just in general in this, she was probably actually my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. I I mean, the way... Yeah, she's always giving uh, everything. I mean, that... Especially when she's uh, written well, and I think she... I mean, she also elevates this character for sure, but... Uh, and I like how she's never, I mean, she's never a damsel. She's never, a. uh, she's not just purely a love interest. I mean, they have undeniable chemistry, but that's not the point of the movie. And I appreciate that. Yeah, me too. Actually, that's interesting. Cause I didn't even think about that, but I like that they do have that chemistry. I just can't really tell if it ever gets past a certain point, which is right. a, like something I appreciate. Cause he, it shows that he generally cares about her and what happens to her. Right, and Not that's something, that it's just yeah. like a love thing. Yeah, and that's something Keanu does so well in this movie is like the way he, uh, I mean, because it's like everything that's great about Keanu is in this is uh, called of him in this, and he does a great job of uh, that. You know, again, not man, a few words, uh, and he, but then that so he sells that apathy really well, but then the the slow chipping away of him realizing that he probably should care a little more is. Again, but it never undersells the character. Like, he never he never acts against that character. Like, he doesn't... It's not like he suddenly starts, like, 
uh, really caring about her. It's very slow and like exactly. it almost takes like over half of the movie before he's actually engaged in it, which is pretty interesting. Exactly. And that's another thing I wanted to say. Like his his arc is very believable. It's very you know, it takes time. It's not just like I've seen it so many times where we're supposed to believe that somebody changes overnight like that. But with him, you know, we do get some of his backstory and then throughout this whole movie, it like literally takes the whole movie for him to realize that he was still acting in kind of a selfish way, even if he was helping people. Right. And then he kind of just relinquishes that. Exactly. It's really well done. It's incredibly well done. I don't think this gets enough credit for being so, so well done in in regards to that. Yeah. I mean, it's so uh, interesting, especially compared to, uh, again, a lot of his uh, other movies where he, uh, you know, doesn't, even if he's good in it, the writing doesn't necessarily match what he's going for. And so, but in this case, that's not, that's not the case at all. He does. I think he nails it. And I think, uh, again, I'm not, I'm not super into the. I, I like the. Uh, I like the character in the comics, but I'm not super well read on him. But as, as the little I do know, in terms of that, they really do nail it. And I, actually, what I picked up on this time around is that this is almost like uh, kind of a Constantine at the end of uh, his time, and that's kind of like cause especially because he has cancer in the movie, and so mm-hmm. it's like if you right. th- if you look at it like all the com. This is maybe you could think about it as like. Everything that happened in the comics is like uh, a backstory to him, and so right, like, like an origin, now, I guess. Right, and then this is now the like him at the end of his time, where he's like fully apathetic because he thinks he's going to die, and he thinks he's going to go back to hell. He's basically trying uh, his whole. He's trying. He's trying to make up for his uh, suicide attempt, which right, which is what the whole this movie's about. Is it's very much the Catholic. Uh, version of uh you know heaven and hell where it's if you're you know if you commit suicide it's a mortal sin so you go to hell and so he's basically but that also makes even though he's helping people he's doing it for a strictly selfish reason and exactly it's, it dives into that catholic guilt and everything and it's really it, there's just so many layers to this movie that i think it, it it improves in my mind the more i think and talk about it and um, especially the more i watch it yeah and i also um I don't know. I found myself generally caring about the characters, which has not happened very often with comic book movies or with, you know, adaptations besides, like, clearly more recently with, like, Guardians of the Galaxy and Infinity War. And then before that, the last time I remember really feeling like that was with Watchmen. But with this, I really, really, I feel like I want to go read the source material now, which doesn't really ever happen. And I like what you said about the origin story situation because they could have done so much with this film, like in terms of world building and putting out another movie that could be like an origin or something. And I'm so glad that they did not. I'm glad that it was. Wait, did they? No. Uh, I okay, mean, they're, 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 they've been trying to make another one for a while, but no, this is the. It was one and one and done. Uh, I'm not sure they wanted a sequel, obviously, but it just kind of underperformed. But uh, but I g- agree that this does work as its own thing. Uh, which is great. Uh, I mean that we'll get to the ending later, and it does kind of it does have a little bit of a set, at like a but it's more of a potential thing. It's not like a full on uh, like it doesn't need a sequel. Like it, it would be great if there was one, but at the same time, it works as its own thing. I feel like it, had it had a sequel, we might have 
it's always so risky because when something is so good, you don't want it to have an other, like an opportunity to mess up. <laughs> right. But I, I, I would like to see, I mean, as much I agree. And then it's, but it's also like, what if they had made another one with, you know, her, especially if they had brought Angela back, which would have been cool to have them teaming up on another case or something. But especially if they, because Constantine kind of deals with, this is very much God and Satan, heaven and hell. Christian, right. you know, it's very much the, judeo-christian version of this stuff mm-hmm. and which is great but at the same time it would have been cool to see maybe because he deals with all of the different uh supernatural uh you know uh worlds like and monsters stuff. yeah different yeah different monsters and vampires and all that like uh so that would have been cool but oh my god i would have loved that there's a point in here actually that i wanted to make because the whole kind of like monster bar slash club oh yeah thing is everywhere in the early 2000s. I was talking to Rob Dean, shout out, about this, and it's in Queen of the Damned, and that really reminded me of that one scene in Queen of the Damned where they go into a club and it's like, the vampires are free there and they can, like, be all-out vampires, and I totally love that. I love that kind of, like, underground world where everyone knows this exists. Yeah, yeah, and this one, yeah, I love the uh, Papa Midnight's uh, place, which is uh, Jaiman Hansu, who has been in pretty much every superhero attempted superhero universe which is uh, always interesting but uh he's good in this as the this is kind of like the the switzerland of uh angels and demons uh where it's a neutral ground and yeah and the but just the way it's shot is like i like how you're right there were a lot of those i mean even you know blade has one obviously with the uh the blood rave scene and like there's always every movie in the late 90s early 2000s had some sort of rave club scene, uh, which is, but, uh, yeah, I like how this one feels a little distinct with the fact that they're never really clear. They don't specifically tell us what we're seeing. It's kind of just like, these are supernatural creatures. It's probably, I mean, it's probably a vampire there, like, you know, cause there's just drinking blood or whatever, but it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the, so you think that there's like an intermingling within the monsters in this club? Just right. like, it's like, oh, that's it's awesome. Yeah, it's the it's the neutral ground where they just think they can do whatever. There's like angels and demons here. Maybe you know they're consorting where they shouldn't be, but it's. Uh, and uh, at first, I was confused. Like when I first saw it, there was talk like uh, Constantine refers to these angels and demons as half breeds. Mm-hmm. But what he just means by that is like he just calls them that because they're not like full angels. I thought at first they were like that meant they were like human angel hybrids, but they're not. They're just. They're the they're what they call the. He basically describes to Angela at one point where like there's this world where angels and demons can't directly uh, influence humans, but then there are the ones that kind of like you know the angel and demon on your shoulder, and right? That's who uh, like Tilda Swinton's character, who she's so good in this. This is she all, is, this is uh, Tilda going full Bowie in her you know yes. The, Yes. Uh, androgynous uh, character, and she's just—I uh, mean, she's perfect in everything. But in this, it's like this is the first time I'm like, "Who's that?" And I want to see her in everything. Uh, yeah, as Gabriel. She, um, wow. I've never been more attracted to her than in this movie. She is so good, and it's kind of she's also kind of really tragic, which I guess we'll discuss when we discuss the end. Right, but, uh, but yeah, this in, this introductory character, like the. Introduction of her is really well done with the, the like, when she unveils her, her uh, Gabriel unveils their wings, and it's really, uh, but then, yeah, she's got a really interesting, she's only in, like, two scenes, but she has such an impact, 
And her arc is really, yeah, it, it, she does have, there's certainly a tragedy uh, underlying her and it's done very subtly and it's done mostly through her performance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So wait, just to clarify something you said a little bit earlier. So they are not, it's not like the angels made it or something with like a human. And then, then you have like a half breed. It's just that like an angel's like using a human as like a vessel. Yeah. I think that, okay. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Or it's just that, that's just, John just calls them that derisively because he hates them. Like he, he doesn't, he, he, there's a part where he's talking with Angela where he like, they call it the balance. I call it hypocritical bullshit. Like that's basically, I, that's another thing of like, I just love the way he, uh, treats the spiritual and, uh, he's basically like, you know, we're humans stuck in the middle of this bullshit war and like how he just explains that. Like he, I think he just calls them half breed just to be, just to be condescending to them. Yeah. Good. I like Uh, it. Uh, yeah, and so the, basically, uh, uh, I'm sure you, I mean, it's full spoilers here, and I'm sure, hopefully you've seen it before you're listening to this, because we're not going to go, uh, beat by beat necessarily, but there's a, the main point is that Rachel Weiss is a cop, uh, and her sister, uh, killed herself, uh, but she's, uh, she's convinced that that couldn't be possible, because she's very devoutly Catholic, and, uh, and this was also, and this isn't a movie where, I think most movies would go to a point where they they make a big point of saying that she didn't, in fact, kill herself. But this goes the opposite, where it's like she has to deal with that fact that her sister decided uh, to do that, and it's just it just makes it more uh, makes the stakes higher. It makes it feel makes you feel for the characters more. Exactly. Uh, it doesn't doesn't let her off the hook. It doesn't let anyone off the hook. It doesn't like make you feel better. It's like it's just sad, and that's sometimes that happens, and it's. There's nothing, we can't explain it, and it just and the way Rachel Weiss plays that uh, again, mostly through without dialogue, just the her reactions to things is just it's just it's really well done. I agree, and that's probably why I do see her as like my favorite character here because I feel I feel the worst for her, which mm-hmm. I know I should be feeling the worst for John because he's literally on the verge of dying. Right, but you know, I mean. I also just don't think he cares anymore, clearly, because he's he knows that he has his lung cancer and he continues to smoke and stuff, so clearly he's just apathetic at this point, but I don't feel like that's the case with Rachel, so I want her to, like, <laughs> do <Right>. better. <laughs> so I, that's why, I don't know, I really, really liked her a lot. Uh, yeah, and one character we haven't talked about yet, uh, Shia LaBeouf is in this uh, oh, as yes. Chaz, and it's, this is... Uh, back when you know everyone, when people, uh, when everyone liked Shia LaBeouf, I'm, I'm not. I think he's more complicated than just good or bad. But like uh, in this, he's uh, very. He played this character a lot in the early 2000s. Like this is basically the same character he played in the Transformers movies, but just he just swears a little more. But uh, <laughs> I, he's he's good in this. Uh, I like him and Keanu together, just being like Keanu not caring about. Like he, he, him thinking John is the coolest thing on the planet, and you know Constantine just kind of like uh, liking him, but also not like treating him very nicely. And it's just it, they're they're fun together. I agree, and I think he was treated a little bit unjustly in this. I think he was underused. Yeah, just because he was so good, and I love him in general. I think he's a phenomenal actor. They could have used him a little mm-hmm. bit better, but I think he yeah. got a really good post credit scene, which we'll talk about later. And I think he was the part, like, I think he, it was fine. I just would have liked to see more of him. 
Yeah, and I, I feel like it's also as one of those classic uh, would have been in the sequel, and uh, we will definitely talk about that mid post credit scene. Uh, but like, yeah, I agree. He's but every scene he's in is good. Uh, I like the especially at the end, which we'll get to. Uh, but I just wanted to bring him up to so we're not suddenly in the last few minutes of the episode where I say, "Hey, I remember Shia LaBeouf's in this." Uh, but, <laughs> uh, and then uh, there's a, so there's this part where uh, Keanu's basically just keep there's scene after scene, several scenes where he's just completely blowing off uh, Angela. Like the first scene they meet is great. Like he just uh, like he's just kind of a dick to her every in every occasion. Uh, but then also like we un- we can understand uh, it's not he's not a dick just for dick's sake. It's just we kind of we get why he's uh, I mean he's he's going to hell. He's obviously going to have be grumpy. Uh, so do you think that, like, also he, well, no, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I was going to ask, do you think maybe he knows that, like, he can't get attached to anyone because he's going to die soon? Yeah, I think that's part of it. And it's also just, like, because everything about it, like, the fact that he's been seeing demons since he was a kid, I mean, that's going to mess you up. Uh, that's true. He's and, just fucked. <laughs> right. Uh, and he just, but also, yeah, I'm sure, again, if you look at it, that this is, like, later in his career as a exorcist demonologist that like he's lost a lot of people. Uh, and so, uh, and in, which also, yeah. Um, Chaz is in the comics, but it's, he's a like older, uh, overweight British cat, like, you know, stereotypical British cabbie. Uh, so they aged him down because they have to, again, early two thousands, they had to have the young, uh, quippy, you know, Twenty uh, yeah. something, which which we get. I mean, we I understand, they, but but again, yeah, Shia does a good job of grounding that character. But, uh, but yeah, I like that. So the when he finally can the scene where he uh, finally accepts uh, to help Angela is really well done. Like this, the way she leaves the apartment and the just the the demons chasing her uh, is one of those things where yeah, the CGI. If you but it's it's so stylized that it almost it ages better than a lot of movies from this. Time. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it is so over the top and stylized, but it works because it is supposed to give you that kind of comic book and graphic novel feel. Right. Which is how I freaking discovered that it was and that it had source <laughs> material to begin with. But I ended up really, really loving it. Right. And I like the, I mean, yeah, the demons have like, they're all like rotting and they've got like, some of them have half of heads and like, you can see into their brain. Like it's, uh, yeah, and the way they uh, when he when they do show hell uh, is really uh, well done. Like he, uh, so yeah, he. And there's this great line reading when the demons show up, where he says, uh, "Demons stay in hell." Tell them that. Like it's just the way. Like it's this. It's this wide shot of him uh, in the street, and it just, it's just one of those. Uh, it's, it's an incredible Keanu line delivery. I mean, he was just. You're right when you say that this is probably one of his better roles. He really sells this to me. And it's not kind of like... I'm not going to lie. Sometimes he feels a little passive (laughs) in his roles. But here, it's just part of who the character is. So it works. And it really, really... It's just effective for me. Yeah. I think you can always tell when he's got a role that he's really vibing with and that he can really sell and that he really likes and he really identifies with this character and can see I mean he's the he's the least apathetic person he's very you know in real life but like you can tell when he can see this something in a character that he can really uh, tap into and this is one of those for sure 
Yes, I agree. I This is actually, I was really shocked at how much I like this because I kind of look at these like early 2000s, like Catwoman, for example, mm-hmm. these kinds of movies, and I'm like, oh, well, okay, it's, I'm going to forget about it eventually. Like, it's just, I'm going to watch it, I'm going to forget it. But that was so not the case with this. I was super surprised. Yeah, and this, uh, where the, the scene where he, uh, he's like, he's going to help her by first proving to see if she indeed, if her sister indeed killed herself. And the scene where they, where he goes to hell is really well done. Uh, and we keep saying that, that phrase, but it's true. Uh, but the, uh, I like, especially this cat. This is a great cat. Uh, one of my favorite movie cats. Uh, <laughs> like there's this scene. I mean, there's, a, it's a very, uh, popular gift now on the interwebs of, uh, Keanu staring into the eyes of this cat. Uh, but there's a line where he says, like, cats are good half in, half out anyway. I mean, I like that. Like the fact that they're, you know, always cheating death. Uh, yeah. Is, is that he's a good <laughs> conduit to hell. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Almost made me a cat person. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes is also the scene in the bathtub. Oh, yeah. So oh, good. my gosh. It was so... That was really well done, too, because I couldn't really tell what he was trying to do until after oh, the fact. Yeah, they do it. Yeah. Yeah, Frances Lawrence and the actors do a great job here of, like, making you unsure, putting you in her uh, mindset. Like, at first she's like, oh, he's probably just going to do some ritual with, like, an incantation and I'll be able to see demons. But no, you're slowly realizing that, oh, he's about to kill her. Like, that's... Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you, if you pay attention to what he said before, that's the only way to do it. But she's, like, kind of still in denial of all this stuff, even though she saw him smoking earlier, uh, you know, his uh, smoke coming off, billowing off his body earlier out of nowhere, but this is her first time, uh, and she kind of, later she starts talking about how, uh, so her her sister was a uh, psychic, but then she's also been in denial of her uh, abilities as well. Uh, But so then this is her first, you know, uh, deep dive, let's say, uh, sorry, pun intended, uh, of, <laughs> but yeah, like the way she plays it is great. Uh, like I don't even know how they shot it part of it because she's they're like he's holding her under there for quite a long time. Yeah, and the thing I like what I meant was I couldn't tell again didn't read the source material, but I couldn't tell if he just said that to her to somehow like get rid of her by killing her or like if he was actually. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I was like, I mean, oh my god, is he just trying to kill her? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, mean, I think he, he was just, this is the only way to do it, and he just is kind of, it's just very true to his character that he doesn't really care what other, he, he's very much like, I'm going to do what I need to do, I'm not going to explain it to you. I'm like, this is just going to happen. Uh, he just, know, I mean, and it's really, but just the way it's shot, like the way the tub explodes as she, uh, and I, I like how it's never clear exactly what's happening like we don't they don't go into super detail of uh why this is going to happen why this is working it's very much just uh we don't know and that's kind of part of the point like we're not supposed to be able to explain what we're seeing and it's uh i like how it's just it's got that mysterious that we our minds fill in the gaps and i like that and i mean like i i like that too because the we don't get the answers in like religion or in like spirituality either mm-hmm. so i feel like it works for like the content matter of for sure the film yep agreed completely uh and then uh so earlier before the scene uh we there's this great uh where this probably the most maybe the most upsetting scene in the movie where the 
his friend, uh, the, the alcoholic priest, uh, like drowns himself is really, that really upset me when I was, when I first saw it. Uh, and it still does. In the, in the uh, convenience store? Yeah. Where he's like, oh, uh, he basically, yes. uh, a demon casts a spell on probably, I think it's Balthazar, this guy that they introduced earlier, the mm-hmm. Constantine's nemesis, uh, and where he basically, he forces him to think that he can't drink liquor anymore. And to the point where he is like, and it's really subtly done, uh, the way it's shot, like where he's pouring empty bottles and then he like sets them down and then they're immediately, uh, that we see that there's extra stuff in them is really well done. We're like, whenever he's holding it, we don't see it. And then once he drops it, we see it. And it's just really, uh, eerie and very creepy. And he, uh, the actor plays it really well. And it's just, it's upsetting. It was very upsetting. And actually I was like a little shook. <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is kind of dark. This is really dark. But, Again, that scene, it even looked really good. I really liked kind of like the fluorescent lighting in it, oh, yeah. which I usually hate very much. And but yeah, th- this it's a good point. This movie does fluorescent really well. Like it makes it the, like the bu- it does the buzzing in parts where it's supposed to be creepy, and it's like it's you're not it's part of the point where usually we're not supposed to like it because it's and it, it does that. Uh, I didn't really think about that until you pointed that out. So thank you. Another reason to like this. You're movie. welcome. <laughs> Yeah, I typically don't like it because I really it makes things feel cold. Mm-hmm. But here, it just makes it feel like hollow, but in yeah. the, in a way where it needs to feel hollow. I don't know. I really, really enjoyed it too. Just like also, um, the same fluorescent atmosphere happens when the same guy, like right before the scene where he goes to the morgue and he oh right sees Rachel's sister. Mm-hmm. So I was really shook by how effective those scenes were. Yeah, and he sees the symbol that uh, this is where we find out what's really going on here, like why they want. Uh, originally, we thought that they wanted uh, Angela's sister, and that is part of it. Like they they describe that like they needed her to kill herself so that they could. Uh, they, they it was basically bait. It was basically they wanted they tortured her to the point of suicide so that her sister would uh, take the bait. So they really want Angela because they're trying. Basically, they're trying to bring about. Uh, the son of Satan, uh, yes. which is, I, and I love this, uh, the demon's Bible is so creepy and so what, like it's, it's in this black, it's in this light. It's almost like, uh, when one of Constantine's friends is, uh, looking into it, it's like, it's in this like plastic wrap and there's like black goo on it. And it's just so, it's one of the coolest looking, uh, books, supernatural books and movies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I'm always a fan of the, you know, Necronomicon type of just gross books and it's, uh, I like how it's almost the way the actor is touching it. It's almost like it, it hurts. Like it's, it's like messing with his head. It's, that's really well, uh, really well done. I feel like that's that little detail and like little details like that throughout are the only thing that makes me kind of want that like world building sequel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's so much that can be done and explained, but would that make this movie lose its magic. Yes, yeah, because it's almost co- like like the dragon's breath, for example. Like we don't know we don't know how they capture dragon's breath, but it's badass and it's cool. Exactly. And I, I want Keanu to have that forever, um, and or his awesome uh, cross like cru- crucifix shotgun, like all that stuff is so cool. cool. <laughs> coolest weapon, one of the coolest weapons I've seen recently. <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah. So basically, they have to stop. Uh, basically, they need so the spear that we saw at the beginning of the movie. 
is uh, the Spear of Destiny, the spear that uh, killed Jesus. And it's basically they need the thing that killed the Son of God to bring about the Son of Satan, which is which makes sense, you know. And the uh, but basically they're gonna uh, trying to, they're trying to get her possessed by the Son of Satan so that they can then uh, deliver him into the mortal plane. And it's just again that's creepy. It's uh, very uh, you know old time horror, and it's really just it's so uh, I just this is a, one of the better. I think it's in terms of supernatural action horror movies that embraces both that embraces the horror more than the action, which I appreciate. You know what? I know that like this is so not involving Keanu at all, but I think one of the reasons that I really, really loved this was because it reminded me a lot of Supernatural, the show. Mm-hmm. So because of those parallels that I saw in terms of like these themes of good and bad and like and hopelessness spirituality and the, the, exactly yeah, that like and like doom like he's basically doomed yeah. no matter what he does and we're, right we're fighting a doom yeah we're fighting a losing battle but is it worth fighting for anyway and the way that again like it, it doesn't give us any easy outs like he's not like we talked about earlier like he's just he's not suddenly uh a nice person he's still that character where he's like but maybe I got to do a little bit better. And I, I, I appreciate that message. Like where it's the world's shit or what we're doing is not helping very much, but we got to try anyway, you know, like the, uh, it's kind of a surprisingly, uh, inspiring message in this kind of movie, but it's, uh, I appreciate it. And it's, but again, it doesn't hit you over the head, over the head with it either. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm totally on board with this. I fell in love with this way more than I thought I would, and I'm so glad that you asked me to watch this because I think I found, like, one of my new favorite movies. I'm so glad you said that. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, I think you'll like it more as you revisit it just because it just becomes more... You just see that, uh, all those interesting aspects more out. And uh, so then, yeah, we can get to this this final scene. These final scenes are really well done. Uh, The... Like so, he basically uh, especially this also the scene where uh, Angela gets taken by the invisible entity that we can spoil it now. It's Gabe. Uh, is the guy, Gabe is the mm-hmm. one that's trying to bring this about? But when when she when Gabe takes uh, Angela out of the building, that's one of my fi- favorite uh, scenes in the of the the twenty first century. I'm gonna just say it. Just the way it the way it rips her out of the building <laughs> is so uh, effective and intense, and also awesome even though it's happening to a character you like uh it's just so cool and it looks brutal yeah brutal and <laughs> awesome and it looks it, i mean it's it's one of those things where it it holds up so well because it's, a lot of it was done practically like they i mean obviously they didn't actually pull her through but they it's not just cgi randomness like it, it's exactly. very it, it makes you feel it that like imagery was like it resonated with me for a long time i was like I kept thinking about it once the movie was over. I loved it so much. And that's what I meant by tragic. Like, it it made me sad for her, even though she was clearly not great. Right. <laughs> yeah, and the... But yeah, that pulling of the... Uh, just the... Yeah, the way it... Like, and that last shot where, it, like, he's, like, run- chasing after them and, like, jumping through the holes. And then there's, it, like, does this shot where it, like, does a quick, like, crane shot out of the window and, like, follow... Like, a and you can see Keanu, like, uh, just kind of, like, oh, shit, like, from a distance. And it's just, yeah, it's a really good shot. Uh, so then he tracks them down. Stuff happens. Uh, 
he gets uh, Papa Midnight to help him uh, finally not, like convinces him that this neutrality stuff is bullshit because you're the only one playing by these rules. Like, and I, again, I like uh, Constantine calling uh, God and Satan out on their bullshit, and I, I appreciate that. <laughs> me too. Me too. And that kind of like, I don't know. I think that the movie has a lot to say about spirituality and things like that. And that's kind of why I like it. It's much more to me than just like a comic book movie or a superhero movie or an anti-hero movie or whatever you want to call it. You know, I think it has something to say. Yeah. And it even has something to say a little bit about like, uh, like the way he, the way people treat people that are different. Like he talks mm-hmm. about how, uh, parents, my parents were normal and they did what any normal parents would do. They made it worse. Like when he says like they, he said that he had he saw demons, and so of course we're going to give him electric shock therapy and take away what he you know what makes him him. And like, uh, it's really interesting. And again, it's just it's it's like one line, but it's one of those lines that makes you think and applies to both also to what happened to Angela's sister. So uh, yeah, it's it's there's a lot of uh, things it's saying, which I keep forgetting whenever whenever I revisit. So and it generally surprises you, right? Because. Yep. I was going into this like, okay, lighthearted Keanu movie, gonna have fun. And then I'm watching it and I'm like so sad and like moved mm-hmm. and it makes you think and it's a lot heavier and darker than I anticipated, but also kind of hope instilling. Yeah. And uh, so that, yeah, that scene where it always shocks me of the scene when uh, Chaz dies, like when, uh, when uh, Gabe kills Chaz, it's just really... It's not expected, uh, and the way he, like, uh, he's, it's kind of sad, too, because he's finally kind of got Constantine's, um, acceptance and, like, approval of being, that he can be his sidekick, and then mm-hmm. he just, the, the moment after that, he just gets destroyed, and it's, it's, it hurts. And it's interesting that you still really, really feel it, despite his kind of disappearance for a huge bulk of the movie. So that's just a testament to like how well done his character is. Yeah, and, despite that, right? Uh, and I like the scene where he like uh, blesses the sprinkler system. That's a great. That's a great way of uh, exercising <laughs> demons. And it's fun. so. Did you notice? Did you see Michelle Monaghan in this scene? Do you know in the death scene? No, she's in the. Uh, she's one of the demons in the. Uh, sprinkle when he does the sprinkler system. I did not. So uh, it's the, it's weird because apparently there's a deleted scene where she was in the movie earlier, like as a character that John met, and so it's less weird that a great actor like her is in such a. He's literally has one line in the movie. Uh, it's fun. It's I think you can even find the deleted scene online, but uh, just had to point that out. I always like. When there's <laughs> such a, Great actor in, like, a tiny, tiny role. Um, I do love why that happens. Yeah. I, uh, I'm upset. I didn't notice. Yeah, go back and watch. You'll see You'll, you'll see her. Uh, and uh, so then, uh, so after Chaz dies, uh, John's just sick of it. He's like, okay, that's enough. Time to reveal. Like, I, I love the way, the visuals here. Uh, I'd like to see Francis Lawrence make another movie like this, just because the way he does the, uh, when he forces Gabe into the, uh, like the way the, the black smoke that's coming around is just so, it's like, again, so stylized that it, uh, it doesn't matter that the CGI doesn't age well because it's just so interesting to look at. I feel like that last scene, just in general, did, did you 
notice anything about the costumes? Um, please enlighten me. Uh, I mean, I'm- okay. I know we're like past Gabriel at this point, but I'm just so obsessed with her. Her like all white garb. It was like, I don't know. I feel like the costuming even in this movie was really great all the way to the end. Even like the devils was really great. Wait, I think everyone in the scene is either wearing, is, is wearing white and black or yes, more, yes, or pure white, pure black. Yes, yeah, exactly. Really, and it's, yeah. and it's also like the opposite of what you would expect because the devil's wearing black, or white, and so is Gabriel, and they're kind of not the, you're kind righteous of like, or anything. Yeah, that they're like enemies of the are wearing pure white, but then the let the but then like Constantine and uh, Angela are both wearing black. I mean, they also black. have white, but they're more in black. That is that is interesting. I wonder if that was on purpose. But... I have to think it is. I mean, I feel like no, <laughs> it doesn't seem like a movie that things happen by accident. So. But yeah, just in, but also in terms of aesthetically, she looks so awesome in that. Like the, uh, it's like a rock, again back to the Bowie. Uh, like uh, if it's not clear that Tilda Swinton should play David Bowie already, this is another proof that that needs to happen. Do you think we can petition for that? Because I need to see that now that you mentioned it and put it in my head. Yes, let's do it. Uh, okay, <laughs> it's officially petitioned. Let's do the change dot com. Uh, all right, we'll do it. Um, but yeah, this. Speaking of uh, Lucifer, I, this is Peter Stormari is in one scene, but he steals almost the whole movie. Like he's so good. It, this might be one of it's one of certainly one of my favorite Satan portrayals, if not my favorite. It's so really creepy, and uh, I don't. There's just something about it. The way he, it's even just the way he delivers the lines. It's just. It's, I don't think it's my favorite, but it's definitely oh. top five for sure for me. I really. You know what? You just gave me a good idea because I really want to like sit down and think about my favorite Satan portrayals because there are so many good ones and this is definitely up there. And it's not like he's really all that present either. No, and that's what that's what that's what gets to I mean it's hard, that's why it's hard for me to say the favorite because of how little he's in it, but I think it's also part of why it makes me maybe even just put that suggestion out there just because of again, one scene both him and Gabriel, again, they're in, like, one scene, two scenes most, and how much they sell these characters is really well done, and uh, so it's just Stormari, there's this, uh, and especially, like, where, like, this first line he does, where he says, like, hello, John, he just says, hello, John, John, hello, and it's just the creepiest thing in the world to me, and the way he's, like, gooey when he comes out of hell is really (laughs) creepy and gross, but also kind of cool, and... Uh, but also, just I like the way like it almost seems like there's a dragon about to burst out of his skin. Like it's almost it's like a monster barely in a in a human suit. Like it's all it's it's really interesting. There's a lot going on in that one last scene with him that makes him worthy of being in your top five <laughs> for sure. Uh, and I like and it's just just the way and I like how it's not it's it's superhero movie that doesn't end with a big uh, overly it's it's very. It's not very not action heavy. Like there's that action. The only real action scene is the one when he uh, kills all those demons right before getting here. But the rest of it's just basically these weird, troubled characters talking, and it's it's really interesting. And the uh, basically just out, trying to out negotiate each other. And um, and I like how uh, so basically he Constantine basically tricks Lucifer into helping him. Like basically uh, he's like. 
you don't really want your son to take over. You want to you want to torture us, right? And so I like how he kind of just uh, in the end, Lucifer saves the day, <laughs> which is another kind of like twist on the like what you would anticipate. I mean, I mean, he's doing it purely selfish reasons, but at the same time, exactly. it's like. If he didn't do it, then they would have lost. So, like, it's... Exactly. <laughs> uh, and he basically... So then, uh, he tears off uh, Gabe's wings, uh, and then uh, I like the... And the... So basically, John uh, negotiates to let Isabel's soul out of hell uh, if he'll take his. Uh, and so, like... Uh, and the way... And just the visuals of the scene where he summons Satan is really well done. Like, the, the slowing of time as he you know, slits his wrist. It's like really, it's really effective. And, uh, but yeah, this, this, this final, this shot of him, uh, being carried away to heaven because he made a sacrifice is really awesome. Like it's just a clap where him flicking Satan off as he goes, gets carried off to heaven. is just a, it's an amazing visual. It's so good. This whole thing was so good. Thank you for, for what, you know, doing this podcast with me because I loved it. I am so glad you loved it. I was uh, I was looking forward to talking with you about any movie, but I'm glad it's especially that I turned you on, turned you. I think you said that I was really going to like this. I feel like did you say that? I'm I sure feel I like did. did. I think everyone will like this. I, I don't get why people <laughs> don't like it. So I'm. You know what? Surprisingly enough, um, when I did tell Rob Dean that I was going to watch this, he said, "Well, a lot of people don't like this, but I really like this." But when I tweeted that I was watching it, every single reaction was good. Nobody ever, nobody was like, oh, I hate this. So I think this is one of those movies that got a lot of, like, you know, negative. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think if you think about it as its own thing, you're going to enjoy it. Like, if you just look at it as this is a different, maybe a different version of Constantine than you're used to. But at the same time, it's I think it's true to the heart of the character. And again, it's just Keanu in one of his best roles, just having a blast and doing uh, badass and creepy shit in a really well uh, designed world and I can't I'll never be mad at uh, I just uh, I, I like most of Francis Lawrence movies and this is maybe one of my favorites of his and I think he I maybe maybe for good all good we'll get a sequel at some point but probably not sadly as long as it's made by the same per- person I don't trust anybody else maybe Del Toro can you imagine oh man if I've said that when Del Toro was going to do, he was going to make a Justice League Dark movie. I was like, please get Keanu to be John Constantine again. That would be so great. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Now I just need that movie. I know. <laughs> so we need uh, Tilda Swinton as David Bowie, and we need Guillermo Del Toro to make a movie involving Constantine. Or just, yeah, or just Keanu in general. We need Keanu in a Del Toro movie. It needs to happen. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He should have been in Crimson Peak. Oh, man. He would have been great in that. I don't even... Yep. You know, yep. Wow. Okay, now I'm just sad. I mean, okay, think about Constantine more. We have Constantine. Uh, so, yeah, great. I'm glad you liked it, Allie, and thanks so much for being on. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh, I had so much fun. Uh, all right, thanks. That does it for Constantine. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. This was a great chat. Uh, join me next time where we'll be discussing Thumbsucker. Until then, keeping excellent to each other. Bye.